Hello, this is Annie Catherine, host of the multi-award-winning podcast, Soulful Series. Thank you for joining me as I chat with award-winning authors who have written a memoir or nonfiction motivational book and have an uplifting message to share. Hi, everyone. I am here with Radalie Weininger. She is the author of Heart Medicine. Thank you, Radalie, for being here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yes, I'm so excited to hear more about your book. Can you tell us what inspired you to write it? Really, the direct inspiration came from by walking with my mentor, Jack Cornfield. You might have heard about him, the meditation teacher. And we talked about um, longstanding patterns, like uh, I think Jung calls them complexes, and uh, which I have been working with and many other people too. And so Jack said, could you find a different name? And so I was really thinking about it. And I thought, how about longstanding recurrent painful patterns? And then he said, that's too long. And so I said, how about LERPs? And then when I was teaching, people kind of liked it. They said, oh, I feel lurped or I feel, you know, like gunked or, you know, I feel slimed or I feel, oh, that lurp again. Or, you know, so it became a thing, but maybe in a wider way, you know, having dealt with my own longstanding painful patterns and having seen them in my psychotherapy practice um, over 30, 35 years, I just thought it would be good to look at them from a psychological and a spiritual perspective. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't realize you made that term up and it is perfect. The the whole LERP, I feel LERP. Yeah, it is a great it's a great acronym. So what is, where did heart medicine come from? Talk a little bit about the title. Well, uh, my first book that, that is here, <laughs> okay. one of each to Ireland, it's called Heart Work, The Path of Self-Compassion. Okay. <laughs> so, um, most most of the time being a mindfulness teacher and also being a psych, psychologist it's very much dealing with the mind and mm-hmm. i find we really have to go into our hearts as well as much yeah. as into our minds to really heal yes. so that's why i thought of it's really medicine for our hearts And I also Mm -hmm. see the heart as an organ of um, psycho-spiritual connection. It connects the different aspects of ourselves, whether it's the heart as a pump for blood, whether it's an emotional center, whether it's uh, neural or electromechanic or whatever it is, whether it's spiritual and in some way, which I certainly can't figure out, 
the heart seems to be really important. Yes. Yes, it is definitely important. I, I feel it. <laughs> so how is your book different than others on the market? Well, I think my book really um, goes into the space between the psychological and the spiritual. And I think there aren't that many books. And especially, I haven't really found books that talk about complexes or LERPs. When mm -hmm. we look at mindfulness, there is quite a bit of research done on triggers, you know, more like moment by moment difficulties. Yes. Uh, but um, triggers often lead to a deeper wound. And I think sometimes or quite often that is not really given enough attention in the, in the mindfulness research. I yes. guess it's harder to research. You know, it's easier to look, oh, at anger. Okay, I do this and the anger goes away. You know, or I have anxiety and I do this and the anxiety subsides. But um, to understand a deeper wound that might be old, or there for a long time, it's harder to research and it needs more care to understand and to heal. And so I yes. think um, I haven't seen that many books and I did a pretty good literature search. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I've read a lot of um, inspirational, motivational self-help books and I rarely see one um, about trauma and um how to heal from it. So you had mentioned LERP in the beginning. Can you go into more detail on what a LERP is and how we can recognize LERPs? Mm -hmm. So a LERP is what Jung or Freud actually in the olden day described as a complex, which is kind of um, a coming together of patterns of emotions, of thoughts, of memories, uh, traumatic memories often <clears throat> of experiences that um, somehow are sitting there in our system. Um, I think in Buddhist psychology, they call them samskaras or shankaras. Mm -hmm. And, um, and According to Buddhist philosophy, they're like seeds in our mind stream. They even believe that they are there for lifetimes. And when the right or wrong causes and conditions come together, then they flare up. And so I think that's how I understand a LERP. So mm -hmm. let me give um, an example. For, exam uh, for example, my... Um, long-standing patterns around abandonment or rejection because, you know, my mom, for whatever reasons, had to leave me in a kind of a children's home the first few years of my life. And so, sure enough, this is a problem, and I did 
you know, plenty of therapy to deal with all of this. But it will always be a little scar, you know, or maybe a wound. So if um, there's, let's say, um, a rejection or a perceived abandonment that might other people just shrug off, that gets to me. So, um, but it actually really helps me to know my LERP because otherwise I might get mad at myself. Why can't I shrug this off? You know, why can't I just do the Teflon thing and let it run off? Yeah. You know, why does this get to me? You know, didn't I do enough therapy or did I not meditate enough or whatever? And so recognizing a LERP is really um, helpful. And yeah. uh, that comes to the second half of your question. How do we recognize a LERP? Do you want me to go into that? Yes, please. Yeah, so first, often we recognize a body feeling. I think for everybody, it's a little different. You know, they're the thinking type and feeling type and body types. And, you know, we all have slightly different access points. But I often feel alert, let's say, as if somebody hit me in the stomach or I suddenly feel cold or hot or um, I feel tight or maybe winded, or if I feel angry, I might feel really hot. And mm -hmm. so it helps to recognize that. And then another symptom is um, an emotion that might feel stronger than we expect it to be. So for example, mm -hmm. Say, so, wow, this really got to me. This made me so sad. And so, uh, and so we are not surprised. You know, we just allow ourselves to be sad, give it some yeah. space. Yes. Rather than kind of criticizing ourselves or thinking that we are crazy or something like that. Another, um, Symptom would be rumination, you know, to really have the mind go crazy and go in circles, especially at four in the morning or too early or too late. Yeah. And so then to recognize, oh, yeah, 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 this is the wound to the heart, actually yeah. calms often this rumination down. You know, it's like when we come, oh, yeah, 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 why didn't they invite me to their birthday party? <laughs> you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. And then, ah, oh, that hurt. And I understand why that hurt. Not yeah. self-pity, but self-understanding, kind of like an I-thou self-understanding yeah. does really help. Other symptoms of LERPs, um, might be, uh, you know, symptoms that we might feel after trauma or PTSD, like a bit feeling of tunnel vision, or yes. uh, suddenly we feel numb. We feel mm -hmm. too much or too little. Yes. And actually often the too little feeling is 
a sign, oh, there is really a deep hurt underneath. Mm -hmm. Or a generalization. You know, it's like, uh, oh, it's not just my Aunt Zelda who forgot my birthday. It is actually the whole world that doesn't like me, you know. So that kind of generalization yeah. we sometimes do is, is also a symptom. And, and knowing these symptoms and identifying them helps us then to treat them with compassion. Yes. I just love how you broke it down into simple terms as if you're feeling something and to become mm -hmm. self-aware of, mm -hmm. okay, I'm feeling this, why might this be? And to not judge yourself and to have compassion for yourself, like you said, that is amazing because I, I think many people, including myself, are quick to uh, get upset with ourselves for feeling a certain way and in not and so just sit with it give it some space recognize it and would you say that's the first step in uh the a healing process definitely i think recognizing is the first because that kind of brings awareness in yeah because without awareness we can't do anything you know we yes. are unconscious so to speak Yes. And then um, this mix of uh, mindfulness and compassion or self-compassion mm -hmm. tools are really helpful. You know, mindfulness tools as noticing the body, noticing mm -hmm. when emotions arise and pass through, um, noticing um, when thoughts come. You know, just and knowing that everything has changed and that they all pass through is really helpful. And then, as yeah. you said, treat them with um, with kindness, with compassion. It's not our fault. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And and you have a lot of meditations. I I didn't count them, but there are. There are many meditations within this book, and they all target a different, you know, like self-forgiveness, um, self-awareness, mindfulness. Why did you include meditations, and why are they important? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know, um, traditional psychotherapy often had um, the aspect of understanding, you know, why um, Why do I react the way I do to my mother or to my sister or to my father? Or why do I, what is my thing with authority figures? Or, you know, yeah. what happened in my childhood? And I think that's very, very important work. Um but understanding sometimes doesn't really work with the process of what's happening. Yeah. So having these tools like, oh, yeah, now I feel my body. 
and I know anger is arising and falling away or, you know, uh, noticing not just um, the content, but the process of what's happening is really important. And that's one reason, just psychologically speaking, why um, meditation is is really important. And second, um, when I was 22, 22 and a half, and I started meditating in Sri Lanka, I was a medical student in Germany then. Um, and I just kind of unknowingly dropped into this monastery there. And um, I, it wasn't really planned, but then I ended up there for almost two months. So I realized that meditation really gives me a sense of inner home. You know, that kind of helps me to uh, make friends with myself. And uh, that was really surprising to me because Honestly, when I started meditating, I didn't know anything about it. Didn't reach Germany in the 70s. We didn't know. We weren't California, mm. right? And so, yes. <laughs> um, especially not in medical school. So it was really new. And so I had a real experiential experience without any expectations. And yeah. I realized the more I was sitting and just being with my body, being with my breath, being with the energy around me, uh, the more peaceful I became. Mm -hmm. It's not that my body's, my bones didn't hurt or feelings didn't come up, but altogether I became more and more peaceful. I remember yeah. actually that um, monk there asked me if I wanted to become a nun. And I was really <laughs> quite tempted. I thought, oh, maybe. But then, you know, I had this obligation to go back to med school, and I, I did. And um, so it was really a wonderful, very spontaneous experience of inner peace. Mm -hmm which goes beyond an intellectual yeah. or even an emotional understanding. Yes. And I think that is another way. So I always, I had just started therapy at that time, each 22, 23, and, and started meditation. Mm -hmm. And so both paths ran parallel for me for now yeah. 42 years. And yes. so I just really, and then it wasn't really considered to be done side by side. Now I yes. think that's actually what many people do and recommend. But then my psychotherapist didn't speak very kindly of meditation. They thought it was kind of out in the left field and whatever. And my meditation teachers didn't understand why I would want to do psychotherapy. But I kind of intuitively knew that I needed both. Yes. And I'm glad I stuck with it. You know, I just stopped yeah. telling them about each other. 
And then Jack Bonfield, yeah. when is that, 20 some years ago, when he's all for it. But yes. uh, it, it took a while for, um, you know, psychology and spirituality to catch on. So yeah. I think meditation is really important as giving ourselves a home in ourselves, allowing ourselves to make friends with ourselves. Yes. I love the blending of the two, the therapy and the meditation together. I hadn't ever thought of it that way before, but I can see why that would help someone, um, you know, process what they're going through. Mm -hmm. uh, so talk about who would benefit most from your book, Heart Medicine. <clears throat> well, definitely people with LERPs. Yes. And, uh, you know, people who feel like they are dealing with um, some wounds that still to this day rear their heads. And I think that mm. probably means many people, maybe almost everybody, I don't know. And so, um, so I think it's definitely useful for, for us folks. Mm -hmm. And uh, mm. then I think people who are um, maybe avid meditators, um, yeah. it might deepen their practice. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of go a little bit more into depth. Mm -hmm. You know, a part of psychology is called depth psychology, especially the Jungian mm -hmm. type. And um, and I, I find it very fascinating and wonderful. And I think that yeah. depth is, is a really good thing um, to balance the meditation practice out with, out with. Because sometimes we can make what we might call a spiritual bypass. Did you hear that word before? Hmm, spiritual bypass is, um, I think John Velvet coined that word already in the 70s and it's used quite a bit. It's when we use our spiritual practice to bypass emotions. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh, you know, I just become spiritual. I just let it go. <laughs> I yeah. just have, I smudge a little bit <laughs> and, and nothing against smudging. It's wonderful. You know, my, my, uh, husband is a fire keeper man, but, um, I just think it's not instead of, uh, really profound, deep work on yourself. Yes. Yes. I can see that now. I never heard the term spiritual bypass, but I know what you're talking about. And you're right. You could use that tool, but also do the deep inner work. And that is exactly what your book helps people deal with. Mm -hmm. So um, if you had one or two things you would like readers to take away from your book, what would they be? Well, I would really like people to walk away with an understanding of how to, what LERPs are and how to recognize them. Mm -hmm. 
And then I think it would be really important that people um, uh, know not only about mindfulness, you know, really being with them on a on a physical, emotional, sensate level, but also um, really know self-compassion. You know, I think yeah. self-compassion is really important. And besides self-compassion, compassion for others. You know, we are all just humans. We are all interdependent. We are all part of this web of life. You know, so I think sometimes psychotherapy, and I say that as a psychologist, psychotherapist, but it could make us a little bit self-preoccupied mm. you know I I, yeah. I I hear that quite often you know so um, yeah. oh my gosh there's a huge dog coming into my house no dog you can't okay maybe you just Do you know this dog <laughs> I hear he's coming from the neighbor farm Okay, oh. let me just throw him off. Yeah, let me. He's a beast. Let me try to get him Oh, out. my God. Okay. Okay. I have to lock the doors. <laughs> wow. He is a beast. That's funny. Oh my gosh. He he went the the dog wants therapy. <laughs> yeah, he has maybe some loves. Yes. He wants to see if there's breakfast or lunch or something. <laughs> So, so um, yeah. we were what I would like people to take away from this. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, self-compassion is really an important one. Mm -hmm. Yes. Being yeah. kind to themselves, but also to others. Yes. And to realize that we all are interdependent, that yes. we are all interconnected. And I think that's part of the beauty of, of the Buddhist path. Yes. And sometimes we need to forgive ourselves mm -hmm. and others. Mm -hmm. And otherwise, I think um, what I also like people to take away from this book is that sometimes service helps. Yes. You know, not in a model way and self a facing way, but more making ourselves, it makes ourselves feel stronger and more mm -hmm. courageous and more connected yes. and takes us out of our isolation. And so I think service where we also take care of ourselves, I yes. think can be really healing. And then the last thing I would really like to um underscore is that um, 
I'm, I got really interested the last several years by wake awareness meditation. Mm -hmm. where, which come more from the Tibetan tradition, but they can be quite secularized, you might say, where we see awareness uh, not just as a moment-by-moment -moment phenomenon, but something we can rest into. Yes. We can rest as something that's already there, and we can experience that after long retreats. I think mm -hmm. there is a sense of, bliss or of well-being yeah. or already home yes. but um, with the pointing out instructions um, there are actually ways to can to experience that in a much more um, streamlined way mm -hmm. where we can get little glimpses of that every yeah. day and I find that so helpful especially um, with LERPs, because then we are able to hold a wider perspective. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, I always bring this now into my, my teaching of meditation and of psychology, because I think it's kind of like mindfulness plus, mm -hmm. you know, it's not, yeah. it's both like Jack Hornfield said to me, can you find a bridge? between mindfulness as we know it and mindfulness that includes awake awareness. So I think just because it makes the perspective wider, yeah. uh, it's, it's really helpful, especially with LERPs. Yes. You know, I'm really glad you brought up service because that is one part of your book that I loved. I loved how you went through this different stories of some of your um, clients and how they came out of themselves to help others and started volunteering and using what they had gone through what to help others. And I that really that really I related to that. And it's almost as if I now want to be called to do some type of service as well to um, to get out of myself to to help others um, and and I don't think these your clients were healed per se but it helped it helped them in their journey mm -hmm. and you know I think in a way what you're doing here is a great service. <laughs> You know, I think that completely is, is one wonderful example, you know, and I don't know you, but I imagine there's a story how you got here. <laughs> and so, um, you know, so I think in a way the service calls us, yeah. but then we have to listen. And, you know, mm -hmm. there's a story of the wounded healer you know, in, in Greek mythology was Chiron, the centaur with the wounded hoof, who basically became the first surgeon. The word mm. surgery comes from Chiron. Okay. And Asclepius, who was uh, the illegitimate child of Apollo and a sea nymph and okay. lost his mother at birth and was basically brought up in shame and, and he 
worked with people with dreams, with healing dreams. Yeah. Um, I think in, um, in Crete. And okay. so <clears throat> in the Asclepian healing temple. And so I think both of those and many of us are examples how our wounds can um, make us better healers or neighbors or mothers or fathers or whatever we are. Yes, yes, that's very profound. And those stories are fascinating. So where can people find more about you? Well, um, I uh, have a website, RodleyWeininger.phd.com. And um, I also um, founded a nonprofit together with my husband six years ago, MindfulHeartPrograms.org. And um, we have, I taught for 18 years at a local retreat center, La Casa de Maria, which then was destroyed in in a mudslide Mm -hmm. in 2017. But... um, we teach around town and we had, we started with COVID a really quite a big um, online offering of meditations. Okay. And so if you look up mindfulheartprograms.org, we offer all of them for free. Oh, nice. So people can always come. We try to make it really easy to join. You know, mm-hmm. So you can just press join. Then you end up in a waiting room, but you don't have to, you know, be, work on a donation basis. Try okay. to make it really easy for people to to come, especially yeah. during COVID. And yeah. uh, sometimes I teach at Omega or I did in the past at Esalen or I teach quite regularly at Inside LA. Okay. Or, um, yeah, mainly through our um, our platform and, you know, some local offerings in Santa Barbara. I love that you offer online meditation. I'm going to have to check that out because I have a hard time sitting by myself and doing it. But if mm-hmm. I was some like virtually guided, I think that would be convenient. It is. And, you know, quite often we found out now that when people are just left to their own devices to sit, mm-hmm. yeah. it just ends up in a mind-wandering session. Yeah. Just <laughs> mind-wandering. Yes. <clears throat> and so if if it's guided in a good way, you know, that you are actually – relaxed and awake yes you know and and really learn to be present then the good guided meditation is is really helpful yes yes fabulous so where can readers find your book heart medicine well they can find it on our websites Okay. They uh, connect right to Amazon or Goodread or indie books or all these um, booksellers. You find it in some of your local bookshops. 
God, he's in Santa Barbara. Now and then I see it or people send me pictures. I found it in Seattle or in Big Sur or wherever. So that's nice. But Mm -hmm. otherwise, I think all these online places or through our website, Amazon definitely has it. But I know some people don't like Amazon. So there's um, Goodreads. Okay, and bookshop.org, I probably yeah. have it. Yes. Mm-hmm. All those places. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining me this morning, Radalee. Our conversation was enlightening, and I am so happy to meet you. Mm, thank you so much. It was lovely to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Soulful Series is hosted by me, Annie Catherine. Soulful Series is a Vienna Studios production produced by Vanessa Ferlano. Music by Vanessa Ferlano. Catch you next time. Part of the ACAST community.